right, well, everybody watching this video, we've been talking about making choices in our life, and uh, we talked about uh, control and surrender. Uh, many of us have control issues in our life, and we get great anxiety when, uh, when we feel like we're not in control of the situation. And uh, what a, a proper time to be talking about that with everything going on right now, this virus going around. And uh, many people are having anxiety because they feel like they are out of control. They don't have any control over it. And we have to learn to be able to surrender those things to God because there's some things in life we just will never have control over. Uh, and then uh, last week we talked about um, choosing um, discipline over regret. Uh, learning to discipline our lives and having self-control in our lives so that we don't have regret later on in life. And today we're going to talk about choosing importance versus urgency. Now that may seem like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, aren't those both important? Yes, but importance is, uh, is the top priority. Urgency are the things sometimes we just feel like we have to get done. And uh, so a lot of what we're going to talk about today kind of has to do with prioritizing in our life and making sure that the things that we choose to say yes to are the most important things. Uh, most of us in this life would say, I wish I had more time to do a lot of things. It may be, I wish I had more time to spend with my kids. I wish I had more time to pray. I wish I had more time to read more. I wish I had more time to work out. Yeah. I wish I had more time to fish. Maybe you're into that. I wish I had more time to hunt. I wish I had more time to spend with my friends. I wish I had more time to travel. I wish I had more time to serve. I wish I had uh, more time to go on mission trips and do the things for God that I really want to do. Um, but many of us, we have that in our lives of where we say, but these things are urgent. These things need to be done. I've got a yard to mow. There's dishes to do. You've got little kids. There's diapers to change. Uh, there's mouths to feed. There are always bills to pay. There's always chores to complete, and it seems like my work projects, it seems like I never get done. I never get to the end of my day. Uh, many of us say at the end of the day, uh, there just doesn't seem to need, be enough hours in the day, and maybe that's you today. Uh, we probably all feel like that from time to time. Um, you know, a common re and response that we get when we ask people, how are you doing today, is I'm busy. I'm busy. It's never somebody, I've never asked anybody, how are you doing, they just say, Oh, man, I'm relaxed. Life is just, I'm chilled out. Everything is just going slow. I've hardly ever had anybody say that. Uh, it's always, I'm so busy. Work is so busy. I don't seem to have enough time in the day. Uh, and I've learned this. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. That's a good one. If the devil cannot make you bad, he will make you busy. And so many times that's what the devil does. He just gives us overcrowded schedules. He gives us so many things in our day that God and our time with God has to be pushed to the back. And how do we, how do we not make that happen or not let that happen? Uh, we have to make the things that we know are important in our life, we have to make those things a priority. Uh, so we have to learn to choose the important over the urgent. In your day, there will always be urgent things. Uh, there will always be kids wanting your attention. Uh, the, there will always be things at your job needing your attention. Uh, but how do we learn to prioritize and uh, choose the important over the urgent? All right. Uh, do you have, feel like you always have too much to do? Do you feel like you're always rushed? Um, do you ever feel like uh, I just don't have time? 
But here's what I've discovered. You have time for what you choose to have time for. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. How does it seem that some people seem to get so much done in their lives and have such a balanced life, and my life seems so crazy and out of balance, and there never seems to be enough time for anything? So we're going to talk about that today, all right? Choosing the important over the urgent, all right? So we're going to talk about um, three areas in our life uh, uh, the difference between urgent and important. So number one would be in your business, all right? Uh, if you have a business or you work in a business, calming an angry, dissatisfied customer is urgent. But building the systems to keep those customers happy is the most important thing. Uh, so if you, if you build the systems to keep the customers happy, then you'll have less of the angry customers to try and calm down. All right, let's take a second scenario. Number two Getting the car engine repaired is urgent, especially if you have to get to work. You don't have time for the car to break down. But maintenance and changing the oil to keep from needing repairs is the most important thing. If you do the important thing and take care of the engine, take care of the car, do the proper maintenance, uh, then uh, the car is not going to break down as often, all right? And then the third scenario is getting help when you're sick is urgent, but taking care of yourself that you, so that you don't get sick is the most important thing. And, uh, boy, what an appropriate time to talk about that right now. Uh, if you're sick, if uh, you come down with this virus, then you, uh, that's urgent. You need to go get the care you need. Uh, but how? what's the most important thing? It's taking care of yourself so that you don't get sick. Uh, taking care of yourself ahead of time so that you don't end up uh, sick all the time. All right? So we're going to look at a uh, story. Now that you, probably everybody here has heard, it's about two sisters named Martha and Mary. And uh, we're going to read the story. It's in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 and 39. It says this, it says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, Jesus, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. All right? So we've got two sisters here. And uh, guess what? They invite Jesus to come to their house, and uh, he says yes. And so Martha feels the pressure that she's got a special guest coming. Now, you know, if any of you do entertaining at your home, you understand that. You understand that any time that you have, uh, you know, a special guest coming, uh, boy, the, the house has to be clean. I know my wife, uh, boy, when, when we say people are coming over, uh, we go into panic mode, and we clean that house and get it clean like it's never been cleaned before. And uh, so you can imagine the urgency. This is not just anybody. This is Jesus. This is the Son of God is going to come and spend time at their house. And so Martha immediately gets a list in her mind. Uh, any list takers out there, list makers out there. And uh, so this was Martha. Martha was type A personality all the way. She immediately started making a list in her mind of all the things that needed to be done. And uh, Mary, she was just the opposite. Mary, all she wanted to do was spend time with Jesus and spend time at the feet of Jesus. Um, and, you know, it's not that Martha was a bad person. Listen, those of us that are not type A, we need you type A people. Uh, somebody has to organize it all. Somebody has to be the detail person. Uh, so let's not be so hard on Martha. Martha was, uh, was the type A uh, and Martha, it wasn't that Martha didn't want to spend time with Jesus. She would have loved to have spent time with Jesus. But there were so many urgent things to do to get ready for Jesus coming to the house. You ever feel like that? 
Lord, I would love to have a longer quiet time with you. But when I sit down, I'm already got a list in my mind, and there's already so many urgent things, and I'm, it's hard for me to center in and focus on my time with the Lord because there are so many urgent things that need to be done. Uh, that list just grows and grows and grows. Uh, so here's what we need. And again, I don't want to be too hard on Martha uh, because I think Martha's heart was in the right place. But here's, here's the kicker. Martha missed the important, and she pursued the urgent. You ever feel like that? Lord, I really would love to spend more time with you. Lord, I wish I were closer to you. I wish I had more time to pray. But, Lord, there's just so many things to do today. There's so much urgency. There's so many things that are urgent. And my list is getting longer and longer and longer. There's a key word in the next verse, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 40. And uh, let's look at that verse. It says this. And I want you to pay attention to this one word. But Martha was distracted. Did you get that? But Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, is there anything wrong with serving? Certainly not. Uh, we need people to serve. And uh, the Lord told us to be servants. Uh, but it says she was distracted with much serving. And she approached him, Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Now, what is Martha? Martha immediately goes into tattletale mode. She goes to Jesus and she says, Lord, you need to tell her that she needs to help me. But look what, how Jesus answered in verse 41. He says, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried. Whenever your name is said twice, you know you're in trouble. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. And then the next verse, but one thing, look at this verse in 42, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. In other words, Jesus is saying, Martha, I understand that you're consumed with the details, but I'm not going to talk to Mary. I'm not going to take this away from her. She is spending time with me, and she is doing what is the most important thing. She's not becoming distracted. She is focused in on me, and that is the most important thing. Uh, so you see uh, that Martha had become consumed uh, with all the urgency around her, and she missed the most important thing. So I want to ask you today, what if that's true in our lives or your life and my life? What if you are distracted? What if you are faithfully pursuing the urgent and you're totally missing the important? Did you catch that? What if you are faithfully pursuing all of the urgent things and you are totally missing the important things in life? Now, listen, there's a lot of urgency. Every day we get up, listen, every, especially every week that starts, maybe you relax on the weekend, but then Monday morning comes, you pop out of bed, and your mind just immediately begins racing of everything that needs to be done that week. And uh, the urgency... Uh, overwhelms you. Again, we talk about anxiety and depression, and uh, those things can just overcome people because they get, what happens is anxiety is just that feeling of being overwhelmed, and so we feel like we're just completely overwhelmed. So I want to give you uh, three things on how to choose the important. Uh, now, I want you to understand these things, um, I think they will help you. So number one, I want to explain it. It's, uh, number one is create artificial deadlines. Um, 
listen, we need to be, uh, if you've set an artificial deadline, now what does that mean? Uh, you know, maybe your uh, deadline for getting something in is on Friday. Maybe uh, you have a work project and it has to be done by the end of the week. Well, what will most of us do? Especially people with my type personality. We're procrastinators. We'll wait until Friday afternoon, rush around like a chicken with his head cut off, and try to get it all done on Friday. Maybe even have to stay late on Friday to get it all done. Uh, where what if I, knowing this was my most important thing to do this week at work, what if I made a false deadline of saying, you know what, I'm going to put all of my energy in that in the first half of the week, and I'm going to have that thing done by Wednesday. Uh, by the end of Wednesday, I'm going to have that major project done. It is the most important thing that I'm going to do this week, so why not give it my first energy instead of procrastinating and giving it just my leftovers at the end of the week. So create artificial deadlines. What this will do, if you create an artificial deadline in your mind and just say, you know what, instead of waiting until Friday afternoon to get that finished, I'm going to set a deadline in my mind. I'm going to have that project finished um, before I leave here on Wednesday. What that will do is it will uh, make you more efficient and more effective because then once you've done the most important thing and spent your good energy at the beginning of the week, then you have the rest of the week to take care of all the other things. Uh, it will help you to make faster decisions and to delegate. Uh, when, again, when you put the most important thing up at the beginning, uh, you learn to, uh, to get it done quicker, and you learn to delegate. You might say, well, if I'm going to get this finished by Wednesday, then I'm going to have to get a couple of people here in the office to help me. So I'm going to delegate over here to this person. I'm going to delegate over here to this person. I'm going to get a team together, and it's going to help me to get it done quicker. Sometimes when you put that artificial deadline and you get it done quicker, uh, if you get it accomplished in three days rather than five days, you learn to make faster decisions and to delegate. And then I, here's a really big one uh, because I think we need to learn this. I, I tell people this all the time. And uh, sometimes it may come across as laziness, but it is not laziness. I think one of the most important words uh, that we can learn in the English language is no. Learn to say no. Now, you may say, well, Mark, you know, I don't like to say no. Uh, we, we would all do good to learn to say no. We need to learn to say no to the things that are not really that important. There's a lot of things that are very urgent in your life, but you need to learn to say no to those things. Many of us who are people pleasers, myself included, we just tend to say yes to everything. Anybody that asks us to do something, we just say yes. It just automatically comes out of our mouth. And then we get frustrated and we get overwhelmed because we've said yes to too many things and we've not said no to anything. And so I'm going to give you a piece of advice if I could give you any piece of advice that might change your life and free you up some is to say, learn to say no. Now, listen, as a pastor, I get a lot of great opportunities uh, to help people uh, and to do things. And uh, but I also understand if, if I let things get out of hand, that I won't have time to really do the important things uh, that I need to do in my ministry because I've said yes to too many other things. And they're all good things. There's not a cause that comes across my desk that's not a good thing. But I can't do it all, and we need to learn. I, I, you can't do it all. I can't do it all. Uh, we can't fight every battle. And so I need to learn to say no. I need to know the things that the Lord has gifted me with, and I need to learn to say yes to those things, the most important things in my life, and learn to be able to say no 
uh, to the things that just are urgent but are not the most important. All right, number two, and this kind of goes along with it, be ruthlessly selective in your yeses. And I want you to write this statement down because this is so true. The barrier to a meaningful life is not lack of commitment, but it's overcommitment. Most of the people I know in life, they are overcommitted in their life. And by the time you add up not just your commitments, but all of your kids' commitments, everybody in your family, their commitments, uh, you become overcommitted. And that's where people just begin to feel. And I remember that. I remember when our kids were young, I remember we might go two and three weeks with something every single night of the week. And uh, it just, it can be very overwhelming. And we got to a point where it's just like, when can we have a night just at home with the family? And so uh, that's what can happen. Uh, the barrier to your meaningful life is not a lack of commitment, but it is overcommitment. All right. So be very selective in what you say yes to. All right. Uh, busyness does not necessarily equal productivity. Let me say that again. Busyness does not necessarily equal productivity. A lot of people at a lot of jobs, they just want you to be busy all the time. They create things to make you busy. And uh, I'm here to tell you again, that's, that's part of what the devil does. He wants to make us so busy that we don't have time for anything else. And uh, many jobs, they're more concerned with you looking busy than they are even more so than productivity. Uh, but busyness does not necessarily mean that you're being more productive, all right? All right, and then number three. I would say this, do first what matters most. Now, this kind of goes back to the uh, artificial deadline thing. Instead of waiting till the end, and, and listen, I'm preaching to myself here because I am really bad about procrastination. If there's something that needs to be done, and I was really bad in school, you know, you get a project, and you got six months to work on it, and uh, you wake up one day, and you go, oh, that's to do today, and you try to cram it all in that one day, and it looks terrible, and it looks like you spent a day on it. And so um, learn to put your energy first into what matters most. Don't procrastinate. Uh, look, look at this next line. You have time for what you choose to have time for. Uh, and again, this is where we have to learn to prioritize. Learn to make the most important things in life the most important thing. Listen, what's most important in your life? It should be your marriage, your spouse. It should be your kids. It should be your family. It should be your home life. And you need to learn to put those things first. Everything else comes underneath that. And that may mean many of us, or if not all of us, need to go home and look at our calendars and say, you know what? There's too much on here, and I need to prioritize the things that have to do with my family, my marriage, and making my family the best it can be, and there's a lot of other things I just need to learn to say no to. You know, uh, it's wonderful if your kid is talented at every, at every sport, but if you try to get your kid involved in every sport, and they're just going from one sport to the next sport, and they're, they're playing for the school, but they're also playing on the weekends for select ball. Listen, I've known a lot of people that just totally dropped out of church because they had to take their kids. Uh, their kids were in select, uh, on select teams, and so that meant traveling every weekend and going to Dallas or Houston every weekend, spending tons of money, uh, getting hotel rooms, feeding everybody, traveling, gas money, and uh, that's how they choose to spend Listen, one day... Uh, we're all going to stand before the Lord, and I believe we're going to answer 
uh, for how we led our families. And so I think, you know, if you did not make God a priority and you let select sports or something like that get in the way, uh, then listen, I think that's something we might regret later on. And I don't, I'm, I don't know about you, but I don't want to uh, get to the end of my life and have a bunch of regrets over I should have spent more time with my family. Uh, and I should have taught them and uh, should have had them in church. And I should have had them uh, serving God and showed them that serving God was the most important thing over any of these other things. All right. So you have time what you choose to have time for. And then men, let me really talk to you, too, because I think men are especially bad about this. But I think women are it's becoming worse of a problem, more of a problem because uh uh, as women are more in the workplace, more in the workplace. But what happens is, uh, you know, we can get so involved at work and we get, and there's nothing wrong with having pride in your job. Uh, but listen, uh, look at this last statement. I am not what I produce or what my job is. That is not my identity. Man, we need to understand that. Men. This is why many men, uh, when they lose their job or they get laid off, they have a very difficult time with it because a man's identity is so wrapped up in what he does for a living. And can I say this, even as a preacher, uh, I am not, uh, I'm not what I produce or what my job is. Uh, Mark Trammell, it's not about being a pastor. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, but listen, being a pastor is not more important than what kind of a dad I am to my kids or what kind of a husband I am uh, to Julie. Um, none of that matters. I'm not what I produce. I'm not what my job is. That is not my identity. You know what really matters in life, even um, to me more so than being a preacher, is what kind of a dad I am. Uh, I want my kids uh, to be proud of the kind of dad I am and to know that their dad loves them and uh, uh, would do anything for them. I want my wife to know that she is loved and she is the most important thing to me. And so that's what really matters. Uh, jobs come and go. Listen, it used to be that there was a lot of loyalty with jobs. You started a job and you might work there 30, 40 years and you'd retire from that exact same place and uh, they'd give you a gold watch and uh, a nice retirement and that's how it used to be. But listen, uh, that is not the way it is anymore. There's no loyalty. In fact, if you have uh, the most years at your work and uh, somebody comes in, buys a business, uh, you're more than likely going to be the first one to go because you're the most expensive uh, the longer you've been there. So, um, you know, but here's the thing, guys. Uh, don't get wrapped up in your job. Uh, with guys, a lot of it is we meet other men, and the first thing we ask, what do you do for a living? Uh, listen, uh, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is what kind of a man are you? Uh, what kind of a godly man are you? What kind of a husband are you? What kind of a, a father are you? What kind of a leader in your house? Are you the spiritual leader in your home? You know, many men, if we think less about our job and more about what kind of a spiritual leader, I'm the priest of my home, and that's a big responsibility. Am I leading my home like the priest that I ought to be in my home? And so uh, we just need to prioritize that, all right? So I want you to understand that um, Martha chose what was urgent. She was so caught up in the details. She was so caught up in that this needs to get done and this needs to get done. And Jesus is coming over and he's going to be sitting here in our living room. And so we've got everything's got to be perfect. Many times we get so consumed with everything in our lives being perfect. And, you know, if, if there's one thing I think we can gain from this story, it's this. Jesus was not concerned 
with how nice the house was. He was not concerned with even how perfect everything was. Jesus was most impressed by Mary sitting at his feet and giving her full devoted attention to him. He didn't care about if it was a perfect setting. He didn't care if the hors d'oeuvres were perfect and all the snacks were perfect. He didn't care if the living room was spotless. He didn't see any of that. And many times we're so consumed with the details and the perfection in our life that we forget what the most important thing is. Uh, listen, it's not important how clean your house is. I know everybody wants a clean house. They want, you want it to be nice. But listen, uh, we need to spend more time with our kids. You know, I realized when I had young kids, it's going to be hard to keep a really clean house with a bunch of small kids running around. And so I think Julie and I, after a certain amount of time, just said, you know what? Let's just enjoy the kids. Let's not be worried that our house is not perfect all the time. Let's not be worried that our house is dirty all the time. Uh, I always gave the opinion and said to somebody, hey, you can come in our house. It ain't clean, but it's lived in. And that's if you're going to live in the house and you've got little kids uh, and it looks lived in, well, congratulations. It needs to look lived in. And uh, so quit, quit stressing over all the perfection and the details. And let's just focus on what's the most important thing. Listen, one day your kids will be gone and you wish you had a mess to clean up. One day... Uh, our lives will be at the end of our lives, and maybe we'll say, I don't know that anybody will say, I wish I'd spent more time at work. No, I think most people will say, I wish I'd spent more time at home. I wish I'd spent more time with my family. I wish I'd spent more time on my relationship with the Lord. I wish I'd spent time to make my marriage better. I wish I'd spent time to be a better husband, a better father, a better mother, a better wife. So I want to encourage with, with that with you today. Uh, Martha chose the urgent, but Mary chose the most important. And so my question to you here at the end is this. What will you choose? Will you choose to just focus on all the urgent things, on all the little details, little minute details, on making everything perfect? And when God says, you know what, I'm not looking for perfection. You know, the, you know here's what I would say. God is not looking for your perfection. God is looking for your heart. He's not looking for you to be perfect. He's not looking for you to never make a mistake. God is looking at your heart towards him. He's looking at, do you really love him? Are you hopelessly in love with him? Are you hopelessly devoted to serving him with your life? Not being perfect, not never making a mistake, but is your life totally surrendered to him and poured out to him? If you would, let's pray together. I never want to let an opportunity go by that uh, if you're watching this and you would say, uh, I'm not sure where my, where my relationship with the Lord is right now. I'm not sure if I were to die right now where I would spend eternity. Uh, I never want to let a, a moment go by uh, to not give you an opportunity. Uh, so I would say this today. If you're watching this and you that would be you and you would say, I'd, I'm not sure where I would go right now if I were to die. Uh, I want to invite you to just say a prayer with me. Say this in your, in your heart and your mind and mean it. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. All right? So pray this prayer with me if that's you. Dear Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner, and I admit that. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for all my sins. 
And so right now, the best way I know how, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart to forgive me of all my sins. I thank you for dying for me. I need you. Jesus, I ask you now to be my Savior and to be my Lord. Father, I thank you for everyone watching this video today. I pray if anybody prayed that prayer today for the first time, that they would respond, uh, Lord, uh, underneath the video, that they prayed that prayer, Lord. And we rejoice with you today that our salvation is not based on us being perfect and not being uh, totally without sin, but our salvation is based on the blood of Jesus, the work that you did on the cross for all of us, Father. We love you. We thank you again, Father. We ask that, God, you would protect all of us, keep us well, Father, and I pray that, Lord, you would bring this virus to an end. I ask it, and I believe you're going to do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. It's great to see you, and I'll see you next week.